One billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. After a bit of time to remember what it's like to have a physical form again, the old and new inhabitants of Ligam start to settle in. Resting is in order, but so is going beneath the surface to see what can be done about getting the facilities here back in working condition. Acquaintances are aided, friends are introduced, and foes are finally vanquished. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory lay the groundwork to finish their mission. You all go about and do a handful of your own things over the course of the three days. For Smallrin, it's simply sleeping. And you all are made aware of that situation, thanks to Adriel who does keep watch over Smallrin to make sure that nothing happens from a distance. In like a vaguely creepy way. (laughs) Vaguely creepy. If you were to like have some really solid insight, she might care a little bit, but mostly creepy. Yeah. Other things that happen over the course of that three days. Dio does realize that your Anines and travel companions were left back at the Beanstalk. And when he learns of that offers to make a trip out there and bring them back. Aw, Dio. That would be lovely. That's a guy. Yeah. My man. Look, I don't want uh, your livestock to be left out there all alone. I know some of you have gotten very attached to those beasts, but otherwise, I I also know that you went out there with a couple people. Mm -hmm. I think Molly was his name. Is that right? That's right. Good, good. Is anyone else you wanted me to bring back as well? Actually, there is somebody that I more just want you to check on. So there was this group of people who were a bit fanatical, and and this one decided to kind of branch off and follow me. I don't know why that keeps happening, but anyway. Their name is Mac, and um, I just need to make sure everything's okay there and nobody's been, you know, gone off the deep end or anything. So if you could, that would be really, really great of you. I worry. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I can do a good old welfare check on them. That sounds great. Thank you so much. It'll take me a little while. It's not a short journey out that way. So it'll, it'll be a bit before I make my way back here, but I, I promise I will make my way back as soon as I possibly can. Of course. All right. Well, I'm going to pack up a couple things here and uh, start on my way out there. All right. Lagam's original inhabitants start moving around and interacting with people and, and start to make this place home again. They help with more permanent living structures, starting to build up areas into maybe in some ways what it used to look like at some point. 
you do know that a lot of the spaces that they used were underground, but that something was up here at one point. So they start building and rebuilding a bit. A couple things you notice, and Smallrun, I'll say you start to notice this too after you wake up, that they have their language, which you are easily now able to interact with, even with the small mishaps and mistranslations. But they have a heightened sound sensitivity. They tend to speak a little bit quieter than everyone else, and loud noises tend to not startle them, but they react to them in a much stronger way. Additionally, they seem to be able to hear things that you can't. Upon asking them about this, it is explained that the crest, that large bulbous area going in front of and back across their skull serves as a resonance chamber of sorts. Something like a beluga whale, which makes them uniquely qualified to have been doing this work. Mm. You also learn that they called this place Purio, which means listen. They also called the Ogarek the Ogarek. That seems to be a word that translated down throughout the eons without a problem, somehow. But Ogarek means amplify. And the beanstalk, they called Domkolo, or broadcast. Do they have a name for themselves, for their race? Mm. They call themselves the Ahnan. Which, when they say that, the universal translator translates it into kind of just like a a jumble of like weird words and things. And you realize that it's, it's a sound. The word is not necessarily translated as a word, but it's translated as a sound that evokes a feeling. Hmm. One of community. That's so cool. And now I'm really mad that they got taken and put in a a zoo as soon as they got to the sound place because I feel like they would have really connected with the sound place and had a good time there. They probably would have. They went to the sound place for a long time. Not a good time. (laughs) Yes, apparently. No, I'm I'm glad we let the the cyclic raiders get rid of what's-his-face. Otarsh? Yeah. The ostentatious oboe. Yeah. Darn it, Zan, making me have feelings about the story we're telling. How dare you? (laughs) How dare. And these couple of days go by as you start to get everyone to reacclimate. You learn about each other. Your time is spent eating and talking and reforming a community. One comprised of people who lived here long ago and one of people who have lived here recently. And you start to establish a new normal. Those days pass. Smaller and you wake back up. <laughs> like Sleeping Beauty of old. But more yeah, dangerous. You know. <laughs> more knives. More knives. Significantly more knives. <laughs> and it's clear that the Ahnan have started to become a little more confident in their existence here and are willing to help with things moving forward. Kythro approaches the three of you, one morning, we'll say the fourth morning at breakfast. I've been talking to some of my colleagues and friends, and I think we're ready to delve back below into the facilities and not only see what still stands and works, but also help you to reverse the process, as you put it. All right. Do any of y'all know how to fight? 
Just in case. We have a handful who are trained in combat, yes. Not as many as I would like in this situation necessarily, but we were not unprotected during our time here. All right. Those of you that are, go ahead and get yourselves armed. We'll split up front and back of the pack, and we'll just move together, and we'll figure it out from there. All right. All right. Is there anything the three of you would like to do in preparation for returning? Yeah, I would like to go to Rufus and see if while we were gone or just in general, they have any ciphers sitting around that could potentially be helpful. Because personally, I am no longer carrying any. We used them all. You guys did use most of what you had. I could take one as well. Let's see if they have anything that could be useful to us. Oh, well, um, uh, it, there's things that um, might be useful. Um... I'm, I'm really rather busy, but if you'd like to look through the chest over there, um, if there's anything that you uh, would like, you're more than welcome to it. Thank you, Rufus. Shall we have a dive in? Mm. Yes, let's. Watch your fingers. Sometimes things are sharp. Oh, yes. It's been a while since I've got to uh, do some salvaging, even if it's a little chest. It'll be exciting. You dig through the chest of ciphers. Some of it is trash. Some have been used already. It's clear this is kind of like combination, I don't know what to do with this right now, and junk drawer for Rufus. I will say you're able to find four usable ciphers in here. They will be random, though. Would you like to roll or draw cards? I would like to roll. All right, go ahead and roll me a d20. Ten. Okay. And then a d100. Uh, whoop, whoop, whoop. 66. 66. You find a small canister that looks like if it was cracked open, something might explode out of it. Some sort of cloud of some sort. Genie. <laughs> you say that and like shake it a little bit. Uh, go ahead and roll me another D100. Oh no. <laughs> what did I do? 73. 73. You hear kind of like metal tinkling around inside, but also like on a little small window on the side of this canister, you see some sort of gel inside. Frag grenade. Yes. <laughs> oh. Ah, okay. My first wish is that you do not explode unexpectedly. And go ahead and roll a d6 for the level. One. <laughs> All right, so it's a level two. I like drawing the cards. Cool. Roll any dice. Odd to take the first one, even to take the second one. Assuming there's two. There are. Um, roll a d4. One. So you said the odd to take the first? Yep. All right. It's a level 1d6 rejuvenator. One pool oh, sweet. of the user's choice is restored by a number of points equal to the cipher's level. All right, so go ahead and roll a d6. Three. Awesome. So it was d6 plus one, is that right? Just says level is one d6. Okay. So I think so, it's just the three. Yep. Level three rejuvenator, which yeah. don't currently need, but always good to have. It's a little bottle that comes with like a pill inside of it. It kind of glows pink almost, like a, like a neon pink pill. It just says rejuvenator on the outside. I like to think of it almost as it looks like a little um, five-hour energy shot bottle, but with a mm. pill inside. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Guess I will draw now. 
Okay. Three options. So roll a d6. If it's one, two, take the first one. If it's three, four, it's this one here. That works. Yeah. Okay, four. It is the crystal wall. Creates a 10 foot by 10 foot blue crystalline wall that lasts for four hours and grants all behind it plus one to armor. I will roll. Awesome. That is a d6 plus one. Four again. So a level five crystal wall. Nice. Could potentially be very useful. Yes. I, I just also read the first thing on this card, which is a cure-all, a single dose injector that cures all disease and illness, even fatal ones, by placing the user in a three-day stasis. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially what Smallrin did herself out of the poisons in her pack. Recreationally. Recreationally, yeah. That's Smallrin just so does funny. Smallrin just knows how to make this on her own. She, did she's you got a find recipe. this? Did you find the cipher or did it find you? Because I feel like it found you. (laughs) All right. And you have one more that you can find. Who would like to do that one? I'll do it. I'll draw another card. Cool. Four. So this number two again. Friction reducing gel. Sprayed Mm. across an area up to 10 feet square. This gel makes things extremely slippery. For one hour, the difficulty of movement tasks in the area is increased by three steps. Um, Small one's got an oil slick. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Heck yeah. And go ahead and roll a d6 for the level. Then that'll be a d6 plus two. Ooh, six. That's an eighth, nice. eighth level friction reducing gel, which I don't think actually makes any difference. It's just, it is what it is, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. For this one, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. You grab some ciphers from Rufus's stash and meet up with the... Ahnan group and you gather just as Nehemiah said you are kind of in a group with the people who are able to protect kind of on the perimeter out front and making sure that the going isn't going to be deadly you travel down the elevator and through the passageways and as you go around the one curved hallway that you had a bunch of it looks like residential rooms along you see people kind of looking in and like stopping into rooms and seeing what was left of their personal belongings, which isn't a lot. They're disappointed, but honestly, a bit more understanding, knowing now how long it's been since they've been back. You get a feeling of nostalgia kind of boiling up from this group. Um, Actually, also real quick, I had forgotten, I have not changed my flex skill in a very long time. (laughs) Um, It's been orchestration for a while, but I think... Since we're going down specifically to help, like, get this place working again, can I make my flex skill electrical engineering? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Oh, no. I will give you engineering. Cool. I'll take that. (laughs) Remember, kids, the key to all negotiation is opening with a bid so ridiculous that when you ask for what you really want, they give it to you. Ask for a sibling, get a puppy. I knew I should have done that when I wanted a dog. I asked for a dog and got gerbils. 
But you also have two younger siblings. So. <laughs> I already had those. <laughs> I did think Hannah was a dog for the first year of her life. There's there a home go. video of me calling her puppy and handing her the end of a jump oh, rope to hold so I could try no. to walk her. That's really cute. Oh, no. <laughs> Granted, I was three at the time. <laughs> Still. Oh, that's funny. Oh, man. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Puppy. You do run into a handful of smaller things as you head down. The Faradox, the golden, almost manta ray, electricity-wielding creatures. You do find those, but they are, with the group of your size, easily dispatched of and not really a threat. You head down to the main chamber with the domed ceiling and the center console of equipment. And you hear kind of a lot of hushed murmurs from the group. What is it? What's wrong? Kythro says, no, it's just been a long time since we've seen all of this. And it's uh, it's not quite up to par, uh, you know, being so long. Yes. Mm. Is there... um what can we do to assist? I think it's going to take a little time to get everything back together. And oddly enough, uh, I think all of the uh, extra cable that Shawl accidentally ordered might come in handy. <laughs> what what face is this, Rin? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Me personally, Bridget, as the kind of like crafting hoarder I am, who's always like, I'll keep it. I could use it someday. I'm feeling validated right now. <laughs> well, I you ordered also so did. much extra, but I'll use it at some point. It's not like it's going to go bad. <laughs> you also did at some point run into a storage closet that has a bunch of extra wire and like a shipping manifest that has like all of oh, these extra right. materials yeah. that were accidentally yeah. ordered. That's what I was, yeah. I was trying that's to piece right. together like what it was. Okay. <laughs> oh. Full circle. Where to first? To the France. I think so. All right. You head down to the storage banks of sound energy below this main corridor. And as you enter the room, you feel that crackle of energy and boyfriend teleporting via electrical impulses appears in front of you. Friends. Hello. Hey there, friends. It's been a while. You've returned. Oh, yes. With more? Um, in a fashion, yes. We have some news that could be interesting to you. News? News? How? Does the name Adarshi mean anything to you? Adarshi? That name sounds familiar. It's been a long time. It has indeed. I don't know what it means anymore. We went to your home, the place where you were before here. Home? Home here? Not originally. Elsewhere? Home in the sound place? We've been to a place that by some was called Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Sound. Home. This sounds familiar. Been so long. We've been there. Yes. We can try and send you back. Back home. And there's a crackle of energy. Yes. I'm beginning to remember. It's 
just been a long time. Easy to forget how to go home. We found the original operators of this facility. They're working on figuring out a way to send y'all back with it. And from kind of behind you, Kythro steps forward and just kind of nods in affirmation and hello. Yes. And boyfriend kind of goes up to Kythro and says, Do you speak? Yes, we do. And Voidfriend crackles again. The voices, the energy, your voice in the energy. Yes. Yes, I know your voice. Yes, home now. Home now? Home soon? It may take a little time. This facility has been abandoned and needs to be put back in working order. But these are the people who will know best how. Will it alter the energy? I'm going to look to Kythro to answer that question. Probably for some time, yes. It's likely to ebb and flow for a little while as we get things back online. Yes, it it will alter the energy. Another crackle. Do you promise home if energy altered? Home a promise? We can't see the future, void friend, but there must be a fluctuation to give the best chance. And if we can't, if it doesn't work, we'll restore the energy. Is that right, Kythro? It'll just go back to how it is right now. That's the idea. It just might have to be uncomfortable. Briefly, while we see if we can get you there. I will try to keep those like me calm. Hopefully... No one panics. I understand. Not everyone does. Thank you. Thank you. Did Rufus ever finish working on that alternate energy source? Rufus found a way to have, like, a battery, but it would need... So, like, there's a way to hold vast amounts of power here, but you need to have a source for it initially. You used the Screaming Pillar of Souls yeah, the first that's time. Right. Which is no longer a source of that energy. We might be able to find a way to sustain the energy artificially with that power source. I think I have a few ideas, but it'll take time. Well, most good things do. Thank you for returning. Strange here without you. It will be strange again going somewhere else. (laughs) Void friend. (laughs) My friend. I'd love to say that you could visit and vice versa, but I truly have no idea. Perhaps a way can be found? Perhaps. I find most things are possible with enough, um, reckless confidence. <laughs> Sudden flashback to Jory. I am your god. <laughs> I will tell the others now. Let us know if it is time. I'll do. We will. Void friend teleports back down the hallway in between these massive memory banks. That was something else. I didn't even think about what a sound would look like here. Neither did we, honestly. We didn't make the connection until Adarshi mentioned that their people had 
disappeared. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's time to start figuring out the rest of this area, then. Well, that means we're going to need some weapons, probably. Yes, I, you told me there would be dangerous things. We at least know our way around here, so if you can point out where the things are, then that might be helpful. And if you have any tips. <laughs> Smallren is very excited to once more pull out her mentor's notes mm-hmm. and flip to the page where she was keeping track of where all the dangerous stuff is on the map. You are traveling through these tunnels, carefully avoiding the areas that Smallren points out when you feel a rumbling beneath your feet. Uh-oh. Joy, this is a familiar rumbling. Yes, it is. Brace yourselves and hide your electronics, unless I'm much mistaken. (laughs) And as you turn a corner into another corridor, through the floor, breaking apart and peeling back the metal plates, is a machine eater bursting through. Your remodeling is inappropriate. I will pull out my quarterstaff. I'm going to have everybody roll initiative. (laughs) That was a 17 for Smallrin. A 4 for Jory. An 18 for Nehemiah. Can you remind us what a machine eater looks like? Yeah. So a machine eater is a massive burrowing creature. It's got almost insect-like legs and appendages coming off of it, lights and different like spikes and things coming off of its back, a toothed maw that is like clamping up and down at you, and two strange, almost claw-looking things coming out from near its neck. Did we decide these were cute last time? I'm rescinding that. (laughs) You've had your cuteness card revoked. (laughs) Jory, this you think is the same machine eater. You notice that it has the same kind of array of appendages and lights across it, but it seems bigger than last time. Uh-oh. Oh, some, somebody has been growing. Somebody's been eating yes. a lot of machines. Oh, which could be problematic. It certainly could be. Most of these people are not necessarily combat-oriented, but those that can fight and defend will. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the beginning of each round, I will... Let you all choose either attack or defense, and you will all get an asset on either of those rolls, depending on how you would like to parse that out. So, as the machine eater burrows uh, up through the ground and Jory says, uh, prepare yourselves and hide your electronics, what instruction do you give to the group? Do you want them to defend and hold their ground, or you'd like them to run in and attack as well? Defend, I think. Okay. You will all get an asset on your defense rolls for this round, should you have to make them. Nehemiah and Smallrin, you are able to react before the machine eater charges for it. Who would like to do something? I think I am just going to go ahead and pull out the spear that I very seldom use, but this seems like <laughs> the kind of thing I want a little distance from, a little reach. Sure, sure. And I'll go ahead and attack with the spear. Okay. All right. It is going to be a level five. Five. And that's might for physical attacks, correct? Yes. Might might for melee physical attacks. I am going to spend for a point of effort. Okay. Failure with a two. Ooh, ouch. Ooh. You're still getting reacclimated to being in a physical form and you haven't used your spear in a good long while. Mm. And you go to jab towards it and it just kind of gets stuck in between the strange clawed appendages near its neck and you have to wrench it back out. It doesn't do any damage, but you are at least up close to it now. 
Well, up close-ish. I am going to attack as well. Just going to be a spear attack, and I am going to go ahead and spend for a point of effort to bring that down to a four. Okay. All right, and roll. That is going to be a success with a natural 20. All right. And we're back. I'm going to use the damage (laughs) for damage. Plus four damage. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes, 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 yes. Today we choose violence. You do a lot of damage as it is. I do. Yeah, that is six damage on its own. It's six damage on its own, then plus the damage from the roll? Yeah. Is that right? So that is a total of 10 damage. Amazing. Yes. What does this look like? Uh, Nehemiah just like sees this thing burst up immediately, spear out, run, and like almost like a vault, like jab into its face and launch off onto its back. You are on its back, the sword spear cutting just down into the top of its spiky metal head Mm -hmm. and you rip it out. And kind of look on at, at everyone else here waiting for something to happen. That took out most of its hit points. <laughs> well done. Yes. It is the uh, machine eater's turn. Yep. Um, <laughs> Item cowboy. The two almost insectoid appendages that are kind of on its side reach up and grab you on your shoulders, like either side and oh. dig in. And you feel a tingling sensation go through you. It doesn't deal any damage, but you feel the sonic detonator that you picked up just like a zap run through at, and it is drained. That cipher is useless. And because it is a level three cipher, the machine eater gains three hit points back. Rude. Oh, no. Oh, come on. I was going to use that eventually, probably. Jory. So here's my plan. I would like to do a running slide toward it and uh, to the place at which I could best fit between it and the ground. Okay, yeah, you can slide underneath it. Okay, I'm going to phase with my staff so that the bottom of my staff is through the floor and the top of it is through the machine eater. And just okay. Then, then let it be solid. <laughs> and that's going to be my sort of attack. So maybe it'll jam it in one spot and give it a big toothache. Are you trying to use this almost like an immovable rod? Yes, sort of. <laughs> Go ahead and roll a might attack then. Do we do a difficulty with this? It's been so Yeah, long. level five. Level five. Okay, there we are. Oh, failure with a 12. You get underneath, that's no problem, and try to phase out to get the staff in up top. But because it's a trans-dimensional staff... And you can use it to hit things while you are out of phase. It doesn't go through it. You just kind of like poke it in the belly a couple times. Mm. So you are underneath it. (laughs) Yes, I am. But the staff doesn't do what you expected. (sighs) Okay. Shall the group defend or attack? Somebody who's not underneath it, give a command. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Nehemiah, this is Keep defending. Keep defending. Defending. Okay. All right. Then Nehemiah and Smallrin, it's your turn. I will spend for another point and continue to attempt to attack. Wonderful. Failure with a two. Both sides of this equation. Roll 20 is just not being kind. It giveth and it taketh away. Never. 
forever and ever. Amen. It is hard to both keep your balance and try to attack this at the same time. And you find most of your energy being kept on trying to stay on top of this rather than underneath it. Mm -hmm. Well, seeing as everybody's got like some sort of polearm in the action, Smallrin's going to try again with the spear. (laughs) It's polearm team. Polearm team. Um, you know what? Spend for another point of effort. Let's do this. Let's try. Actually, I have a question. So, yes, is the machine eater technically part machine or is it a simply biological creature? It is part machine. It is part machine. It is mostly machine. I would like to use my engineering flex skill to try and pinpoint where would be the most structurally destructive point at which to hit it. Okay, go ahead and make, it's going to be a level five check, intellect. You are trained in engineering, so that will help. And then I will allow you, that will be your action then. Okay. And I will allow you then to give an asset to someone else. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to spend for the point of effort and intellect mm-hmm. then. So take it down to a three with your training Beautiful. as well. Success with a 13. Uh, so the seam that is kind of like almost behind its shoulders is looks a little more vulnerable than other places. And you think that would be a good place to hit it. Nehemiah, mm-hmm. aim behind you. That seam running just behind your feet. Ah, thank you. It's turn now. This time, rather than trying to drain a cipher or something to that effect, it is going to try and throw you off. So, Nehemiah, I'm going to have you make a might defense level five with an asset. Excellent. Success with a 13. You are not only just able to stay on this thing's back, but it does not hit you at all. It's trying to flail with its limbs, and you are able to easily evade each and every one. Excellent. Jory. How am I faring underneath it? (laughs) Um, You haven't been stomped or anything yet, but that's not to say that couldn't happen next time. Okay. I'm just going to jab it from underneath. I'm down here anyway. Maybe it's softer underneath. Okay, so. Might level five. I would love to. And to fail with an eight. What am I doing with my life? You're spending too much time trying not to get stomped. That's true. (laughs) All right. Top of the round. Is the group defending or attacking? Keep defending, I think. I think we're de- doing all right. Continuing to defend. Okay. Yeah, we're fine. Great. All right. This goes Nehemiah. I feel like he's got a, a thing to do here. You get an asset from Smallrin's helpful engineering knowledge. Sure. So it'll take it down to a level four. Mm-hmm. And can I get another asset for continuing to be on its back? You're trained in balance. I am. So yeah. Yeah, cool. that'll work. And I'm going to spend another point of might to bring that difficulty down again. So a level two all told. Success with a nine. Wonderful. You jab your sword spear. Short spear. Short spear. You jab your sword spear in. My God. (laughs) How many times can I restart this? You jab your sword spear into the seam kind of just behind its shoulders and just shove as hard as you can down. How many damage do you do with that? Six. It is limping along at this point. Mm. You almost like deactivate its entire left side as it kind of just like crunches to the ground Mm -hmm. and is laying down on one edge. It is not defeated yet completely, but it is dang close. Mm. Smaller. Can I then also use the asset of knowing its weak spot to attack it in the same place? Yes. Spend for a point of effort. Let's do this. Come on. 
Oh, that is a GM oh, intrusion. That's a one failure. GM intrusion. Uh, oh, hmm, fine. <laughs> Tried so hard and got so far. In the end, it doesn't even matter. You try to shove your spear uh, again in that same scene, but it seems that you accidentally activate something instead of deactivate it. Uh-oh. From underneath it, a massive blast of energy just pours down Uh-oh. on Jory. Oh, sorry. Jory, I need you to make me a level five speed defense. You do have an asset. Yeah. Okay, one moment. <laughs> Fail with an eight. You take eight speed damage. As this just like massive amount of energy just blasts straight down onto you. Owie wowie. And you move one down the damage track. Ooh. Oh, that's not good. So you're now considered impaired. Okay. Owie. Effort costs one extra point. You ignore minor and major effects. If you roll a you know, 17, 18, 19, or 20, you can't get that extra damage or a major or minor effect. Okay. It's the machine's turn. Oh, dear. Because that was the GM intrusion. Yeah. Yep. Right. And now knowing that Jory is beneath, it's going to try to attack Jory. Eh. So, Jory, a level five speed defense. Okay. Again, with an asset because of the defensive action that the group has taken. Okay. And the way that this is kind of coming out is they're either yelling out different things to keep you on your toes or trying to distract it when it is lashing out to attack. Mm-hmm. I will use defensive phasing this time, I think, if I may. Yes, that will give you another asset, so that will take it down to a level three. Beautiful. Okay. Success for the 10. Hoy. There you are. You are able to roll out of the way of the swinging clawed appendage that tries to lash out at you. And now it's Jory's turn. Lovely. I'm going to phasey rolly outy. And is this mouth open? Sure. Cool. I'm going to pull my cipher and throw it in its mouth. I'll pull the pin first, of course, if there is one. <laughs> So you throw it into its mouth. Okay. And it clamps down on it. Okay. Go ahead and roll me a d100. Okay. 13. You throw this into its mouth and it clamps down and it explodes. And there's a small puff of smoke that comes out of it as this gel starts seeping down its jaws. And you see acid start to seep down as those metal pieces seem to react as some sort of catalyst within it. And this small explosion happens as an acidic wave kind of just like splats across its face. And what level was that? Two. It deals two points of acidic damage, which is exactly how many hit points. And that acid just, like, eats away at the metal of its face, exposing all this circuitry and uh, complex wiring, and it just collapses onto the ground. Nice. All you had to do is be nice. Ugh, I need to sit down. Unfortunately, that seems like a tall order for the uh, current inhabitants. Most of them, at least. Yeah. You all take a moment to rest and recollect yourselves. 
Normally, when you are down the damage track, it is because you went to zero in a particular pool. But because this was a special case, you can use a recovery roll to go back up. Okay. So like one recovery roll, if you'd like to restore points to your pool, you can use another one that instead of restoring points, you will go back up to hail on the damage track. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and do that, I think. The group of mostly scientists slowly comes back to... (laughs) collect with the group and they actually start like nearly tearing this thing apart almost like beetles descending on a carcass they kind of just start pulling off pieces of it and realizing what could be useful and what can be salvaged and how things can be repurposed in this area wow industrious there's a certain poetic justice about this something something reclamation something something (laughs) Precisely. Once all of the useful pieces from the machine eater are taken apart and all of the scrap is simply left behind, you reconvene with the group and start making your way to the next area. There are still multiple places to explore and things to get back into working order. And hopefully it will be a little less exciting than that just was. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to episode 71 of Imprinted Echoes. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On that website is where you'll find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I would like to thank Nate, Patrick, and Atan for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. Of course, you can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget, and our network, Ghostlight Media at GLM Pods. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then... May your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zane Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.